Hey friends, welcome to Anchored In Always. I'm Katie Thornhill, and I've been through the storms of marriage infidelity, drug and alcohol addiction of a loved one, and even loss of a child to cancer. In this podcast, I will share with you how to place healthy boundaries in your relationships, how to recover from past hurts using the principles of Christian recovery, and how to find healing even in the loss of a loved one, so that you can live a life of joy and purpose despite your circumstances. If you're ready to find freedom and victory, then join me on a journey of soul restoration as we anchor into Jesus. So pull your hair back, strap on your boots, and grab your Bible, and let's weather this storm. Welcome back to Anchored and Always. I am super excited for today's show. Um, I have my very own husband, Josh, on the show with me today for the first time. Um, Well, the first time the two of us are on here together, actually. Um, If you haven't listened to his testimony already, I believe it's episode number four. Um, When you're done listening to today's show, I would would encourage you to go back and listen to his whole story. And and we talk a little bit about some of the things um, that I've referenced in other episodes about our marriage today. And I'm hoping that we'll be able to start to make this a semi-regular thing to just jump in here and have kind of marriage minutes with Josh and Katie and just go over... Um, just things we've learned in our journey on marriage. Um, so with that, I just wanted to welcome Josh to the show. Hey, honey, glad you're here. Hey, it's good to be here. It's a little different sitting across from my wife being uh, interviewed. And so I feel like I'm on the hot seat. But thanks for having me on, on your show. And uh, I guess I should say congratulations on 10,000 downloads. That's amazing. I never thought that somebody with... Uh, not a lot of technical skill and could put this together, but you did it and rocked it out. And so I think that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you, babe. I definitely could not have done it without your help. Technically, you are correct on that for sure. And so I I really appreciated all the editing that you helped me do in the beginning and just more just the emotional support, like um, not letting me give up and encouraging me and just telling me go for it and giving me the time and space to, to be able to dedicate to starting the podcast and what I'm doing now with the Christian Life Coaching Certification. And so that is just one thing I truly appreciate about you is just you've always supported me in all of the millions of things that I've attempted to do um, throughout our marriage. So um, with today, what, what Josh and I are going to talk about um, is is compatibility in marriage. And this is something that's, you know, very near and dear to both our hearts because we are really, really different people. Um, Everything from our personality are just opposite. Um, The way we communicate, our hobbies and interests, um, the way we handle conflict, um, we are just very different. And so, you know, for a long time, for for me, that was um, definitely a stumbling block and um, it was very difficult. And so I just kind of wanted you guys to hear from Josh's perspective um, on that as far as, so uh, honey, if you could just share with the listeners today, as far as us early in marriage even, um, how was our differences, how the how different we are, how was that a stumbling block or dif- really difficult for you as a newly married man? Well, <clears throat> it's interesting. Um, Early on, I think that old adage, opposites attract, I think that's true because early on in our marriage, I felt like that's what attracted me to you is all the things that I wasn't. You know, you were very driven, um, very focused, 
um, you are, you were a planner. You always like to plan things. And I was more of spontaneous and easygoing, things like that. So these same things that attracted me to you early on were actually the things that I couldn't stand flat out later in, in our marriage and what actually repelled me um, as far as, you know, being so rigid with plans um, and not not allowing for inconveniences and things like that to come up. And the way you dealt with that was, um, I found drove, a, drove me farther apart as, as we grew in our marriage, or at least as time went along. And so, um, I didn't feel like we were compatible, you know, uh, maybe three or four years into our marriage. I just felt like we were so opposite. Like, how could God pair me up with somebody so opposite? You know, that not that I believe in soulmates, but certainly there had to be somebody out there that was more compatible in marriage than 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 you. And, and I truly, I believed it at the time, thinking that there was, quote unquote, a perfect person out there. And so, so it's those things that first attracted me that also drove drove me away later in our marriage. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that and see um, initially the, your spontaneity and um, just being laid back and goofy. Those were all the things that drew me to you as well. Um, and then later, it seemed the same way. You know, it just it seemed to be like I wanted I wanted you to be a different, like um, organized and, you know, get everything um, ahead of schedule. And, and so I, I tended to, you know, be aggressive about that with you. And I could see where that pushed you away. And I didn't realize that till later on in our marriage, which we'll probably get into here shortly. Um, but if you're listening, you know, and you're in a, um, a relationship, especially a marriage and it's early on and you're resonating with what Josh and I are saying, um, and you are looking at this person across from you that you said I do too, and you were excited and ready. And now you're thinking, oh crap, you know, I don't really even know this person or I don't really like this person, but I'm committed to my marriage and, and I want, I want us to be happy. Is there hope? Um, so Josh, I wanted to ask you, um, what changed, you know, obviously it's 18 plus years later, um, of being married and we've been through a lot of hard, hard, painful stuff together. Um, and so what is it in your opinion that that changed? Because I know that now I, in my opinion, our marriage is stronger than it's ever you know, been and, um, and we're communicating better than we have. And yet we're still the same people. We still have the same personalities and we still have the same different interests um, and honestly aren't super compatible still, but something's changed. And what was that in your opinion? Well, yeah, I agree. I think now we're certainly in a much stronger place, but it, it didn't come there by happenstance. And certainly in the beginning, it started with me trying to change you and telling you that you should be easier going. You shouldn't, you shouldn't talk so much. There's so many things that I wanted to change about you. And when I saw that that wasn't going to work, I kind of came to this place where I was like, okay, if she's not going to change... I'm going to fill myself with what does make me happy. And so this is where I fell off track, so to speak. And now there were a lot of other things that happened at this time. As, as I state in my testimony, my dad died around the same time all these feelings are going on. 
And so I got to this point where I was like, well, I'm just going to make myself happy. Now, whether that was speaking with other women, having any inappropriate relationships with other women, trying to fill this unhappiness, trying to connect with, with somebody else that I thought suited me better. Uh, I started there, but then seeing the pain it caused other people, I realized that didn't work. And so enter in alcohol and, and, and drugs. And so, uh, specifically prescription pain medication, but, uh, these things I can remember sitting on the couch and thinking to myself, well, life's actually worth living. And I don't find Katie so annoying flat out when I'm taking a pill or drinking in the evening, I'm much better able to handle all these personality flaws and inconveniences and things like that. And so I tried to fill that incompatibility void with those things. And then that landed me in, in, in treatment. And so that didn't work. And we even did counseling too, which, which helped a little bit. Counseling helped a little bit. Actually one, taking, uh, I remember sitting in Dr. Charles, I think was his name. Yep. I remember sitting in his office and we took a personality profile and actually that's when we first saw on paper how different we really were. Um, but he said something interesting, or at least I took away something interesting. It wasn't so much that either of us needed to change, but we needed to learn to work with the other personality differences, with the other person's personality differences. And uh, I didn't, I didn't grasp that at the time, but after leaving treatment, trying to fill these voids with other things, uh, I got to the point where I needed to work on me and my relationship with God. And he promises to take care of everything else and fill that void within me. And I found that as I started focusing more on God and what, what God wanted to change in me, that automatically brought us closer, I think. Mm -hmm. And so, so I think the major, the two major things is one, growing closer to God, but then two, understanding that you are the way you are. And that's not a right thing. It's not a wrong thing. It's just an is thing. And learning how to work with the other person uh, and communicate, you know, communication is key and learning how to communicate with somebody that has a flat out just different personality than you. Yeah, um, that is so true. Um, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said, um, because that's what I found for me as well. Um, I had been trying to change you. Um, you know, I had I talked about in other episodes that I have a lot of respect. I'm a little bit of a daddy's girl and I have a lot of respect for my father and I put him on probably more of a pedestal than I should have. And so going into our marriage, um, I kind of had these expectations for Josh, you know, that as soon as we got married, even though I knew he was a new believer, um, <clears throat> that we were gonna, he was going to be the spiritual head of our household and he was gonna do this, this, and this. And I had all these expectations that were very unrealistic and unfair to him. Um, but I felt justified in that. And, and then when everything started kind of going downhill um, with the inappropriate relationship he mentioned, as well as just the substance abuse, um, I tried shaming him and, and I would yell and then I would cry and then I would beg and then I'd go back to yelling. And I was trying with all of my power to change him, fix him, make him into the man that, that I thought he should be. Um, and what helped me the most was really the same thing as with Josh is truly, um, 
recognizing that I could not, I had no control over him. I could not um, want it more than he did. I could not change who he was. God made him. Um, and I needed to focus on my own character defects and my own hurts and habits. And I really needed to, um, in doing that, I drew closer to the Lord authentically. It wasn't just about my checklist anymore and I'm tithing and I'm going to church, but it was a true intimate relationship with Jesus as I began peeling away the la the layers um, through recovery. And I took the focus off fixing Josh, who I didn't have control over anyway, and began focusing on Katie. What did I need to address? What did I need to surrender to Jesus? And as I was moving closer to Jesus and Josh was moving closer in his relationship, guess where we ended up? Closer to each other. Um, and so we just both really grew so much during that time of recovery. And, and um, I think that was probably one of the biggest game changers in our marriage for me. Um, so I spoke a little bit on expectations, how coming into, um, our marriage, I, I had these expectations of what I expected Josh to, what type of husband he should be, what type of father he should be, maybe comparing him to my dad. Um, so Josh, I wanted to ask you just as far as expectations, what expectations did you come into our marriage with for me? Um, and, and how do you feel like expectations affect or impact a marriage? Yeah, so expectations. I think early on in recovery, they, they said something to the effect that expectations are premeditated resentments, and I've certainly found that to be true. Um, early in our marriage, I felt like I came into our marriage with a mind wide open, like no expectations or anything like that, but the the truth of the matter and the reality was I had expectations, even if I wasn't consciously aware of those expectations. And I think, you know, from a guy's perspective, certainly um, the expectations of satisfying sex was was a big expectation coming in. Of course, I had I didn't have uh, a lot of experience sexually before we got married. But being a teenage boy and growing up, certainly I was exposed to pornography and things like that. So there were certain images and things that I felt like should happen in the bedroom and certain things like that, that, um, honestly left me dissatisfied. Um, and it had nothing to do with you and everything to do with what I carried into the marriage. And so I had all these thoughts about how satisfying sex should be, how I should feel afterwards, all from things I had seen, maybe things I had heard. Uh, of course I didn't grow up in church or anything like that. So I got what I got from my friends, you know, which wasn't which wasn't great advice. Um, so that was probably the biggest expectation, at least from a physical front. And then I guess more emotionally and relationally, I kind of expected that really we shouldn't have any drama or any big fights. I just I felt like being part of teams and things like that. I knew how to work in an organization and make things work, and living under the same roof with somebody else is just far different than being on a team. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I, I figured things should just work out and there shouldn't be these, these walls we hit together. And so those expectations, uh, certainly impacted, uh, our marriage early on, um, in, in a negative way. And I didn't even necessarily know I was carrying those expectations into the marriage. Um, 
I know there was a second part of your question. I feel like I was talking a little long. What was the second part of your question? So um, that's basically what I had asked too was just how do you feel like expectations impact a marriage in general? Well, I think everybody comes into marriages with expectations. Certainly, I think you had um, expectations that you were aware of. Um, and then I came in with expectations I wasn't even aware of. But I think it's so true, though, that expectations really are premeditated resentments. And what that means is if, you ex- if you're expecting a certain outcome and it doesn't happen, all of a sudden that builds a resentment within my heart or your heart. And those things, those resentments are what lead to the conflict and the drama within marriage if they're not talked about and discussed and things like that. And so that's how I feel like expectations can actually be uh, at least a negative thing in that light uh, in terms of marriage. Yes. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say too, um, speaking to you had addressed men in as far as your expectations coming into the marriage um, in, with intimacy and, um, you know, from my point of view too, I had expectations as well from kind of a different perspective of, of ac- actually having really no experience going into a marriage, um, in, with intimacy. Um, and, but the experience that I did have was from years of reading these romance novels. Um, so there was really a lot of strictness in my household and a lot of focus on, on purity. Um, and I was a people pleaser and a, approval seeker and so I wanted to you know do everything that I was told to do and do everything just right and be this perfect Christian girl so I tried to follow all those rules but I snuck these romance novels and there was this curiosity um in me and so I had this vision um of this unrealistic expectation of uh, also what what intimacy in a marriage um should could look like what I should um you know, look like. And then I also had body image issues and self-esteem issues that um, maybe I didn't share. I wasn't open at that point in talking to you about them. And so I was insecure. And so um, I think those things set a marriage up, you know, for downfall if they're not, if you're, if you're not open and talking about what you're each bringing into the marriage. Um, So that was just something I wanted to comment on what you had said. Well, I guess two things. One, I had no idea you snuck no romance novels when you were that age. I think that's the first time I ever heard that from you, so I didn't realize that. Um, but the second thing is also, um, I think I had the expectation of probably more even uh, bigger than the other two I mentioned. Probably uh, one of the bigger expectations is that um, you, you should want me. You should lust after me. And... I guess I probably from the movies or or friends or or whatever. Um, I felt like the, you should always be the one to come after me because that what does that do? That filled me up. Um, that made me feel more like a man if I can be blunt. And so when that didn't happen, that that made me angry and I built up walls because of that. And so that was another expectation that I just thought of while you were talking that. Uh, certainly impacted our marriage. Yes. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, if you're listening right now and, um, I hope you're hearing that, you know, looking back, we can see now, and actually through years of recovery and some counseling, um, you know, we're able to see, man, when you're young and you're going into marriage and and you're not communicating well with each other. And there are just things sometimes that you bring, we all bring in baggage. I bring in baggage from my childhood, from my teenage years, 
Josh brought in baggage from his, you know, childhood and, and just um, expectations he had of himself. And we're all bringing this stuff into our marriage and then we're combining it and we're trying to make it work. And, um, you know, it's just very difficult without really good communication and really open and honest because had I known better that that was a need that he needed desperately from me um, and, and had he known that I was really insecure and I wanted because I've read all those novels and it was all about pleasure and and pursuing each other um but I didn't know how to do that and I didn't know I didn't feel confident enough in myself but he took that as um rejection you know my insecurity and my not being bold and pursuing him earlier on in our marriage was really from inexperience and insecurity and just not knowing um and and that to him felt like rejection though she doesn't want me she she's not pursuing well what's wrong with me what's wrong with her what's wrong with us and um so i hope you're seeing that that kind of pattern and this is very normal in a lot of marriages and really why we have a greater than 50 percent divorce rate in this country is couples both come into marriages with uh, expectations and baggage from their past and um, don't have the proper tools to really work through that together um, and find healing. And and so that is a, a big issue and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about it today. So just Josh, in closing here, I wanted to ask you, um, what what are things that you are grateful for? Like obviously I mentioned in the beginning that we we have come through a lot of things and we are in a much better place. Not that we're arrived. We have still a lot of work to do um, individually and together, but what are some things that you're grateful for in our marriage? Where do you, um, as far as where we're at now? Well, the number one thing I'm grateful for, um, and I don't have to think about it very long, it would be you, plain and simple. Because had it not been for you standing by my side through uh, treatment, uh, in my recovery journey and really through our battle, uh, with Marcus, I certainly wouldn't be the man I am today. So just grateful for you, but for sticking by me for all these years, but also I'm grateful for where we're at now. And as you said, not that it's perfect, but we're still here. I'm grateful for our family, the things that we do enjoy together now. I even enjoy working towards making it better because like I said, it's not perfect, but we get to work together and we're at least on the same page that we want the same things. And I think as as I pursue Jesus, as you pursue Jesus, it, it really does bring us closer together. I mean, we both heard from the beginning of our you know pre-marriage counseling that marriage was work, but you really don't know what that work looks like until you cross those bridges of conflict, personality differences, uh, life issues, everything that goes into a marriage. And so that's where the real work comes in. And so, uh, yeah, I'm just grateful, you know, for today to be still by your side when it would have been easy for either one of us to give up um, and go another way. Yeah, thank you for that, honey. Um, I agree. I look back and um, obviously there are um, things that I would change as far as uh, the outcome with Marcus. Um, 
parts of our story that are just very painful um, that I wish weren't part of our story. But as I look back on our life together, um, I really, I just see all of the, it's like a big puzzle and all of the pieces coming together to reveal a really beautiful story. Um, and I love that God uses the broken pieces to, to make these beautiful masterpieces. And I do feel like that is what our marriage is is it's a masterpiece. It's um, a labor of love. Lots of hard work has gone into this relationship and both of us had to commit to that hard work. Um, if only one of us had, had done it, we wouldn't have been able to carry the other person along for forever, maybe for a time, but not forever. So um, I just appreciate the hard stuff, um, the good stuff, and I'm so thankful where we're at now. Like you said, I'm looking forward to growing together um, and seeing what God has for us in the future. You know, you, Katie, you said something interesting. You said if either one of us had done the work and not the other one, you know, it's certainly, certainly when two people are pursuing God together, the chances of them having a abundant marriage are, are really high. But the thing I love about, about recovery, and this, this may be for the person who's listening right now, despite the outcome that uh, of our marriage or or whatever, when we are focused on our relationship and getting right with God, then the outcome doesn't matter so much because God is over that and we are at peace knowing we are in his will. And so as grateful as I am to be married now, you know, it's one of those things that I think you know and I know if we keep pursuing God, even if this hadn't worked out, we God would still be using us uh, in our lives. And I'm thankful that we both decided to pursue God because the outcome was what we wanted. But I think so, a lot of times people will start this work or start this process with an outcome in mind instead of just um, taking the steps necessary to grow closer to God and letting Him define the outcome. So... Yeah, that is a very good point. I've definitely seen lots of people um, as we've done ministry with recovery ministry um, where they've gone into it with that outcome and then they've been, you know, very disappointed because they've done the work and maybe their spouse wasn't ready and it, they didn't get the outcome they wanted. But because they did the work, they were in such a much better, healthier place spiritually, emotionally, um, mentally to handle whatever the outcome was going to be. Um, God did the work in their heart um, and they, as they surrendered to him. And so they were able to come out of the other side of that negative outcome um, and that disappointment or that heartbreak um, closer to God. And that's, that is ultimately the goal. So, um, well, with that, Josh, I was just going to ask if you would mind just closing this episode in prayer, just a prayer over the listener today, maybe specifically the listener who is um, stuck in a place in their marriage where they're not feeling a lot of hope. Absolutely. Father God, I know you see everything, Lord. But Lord, this prayer goes out to that listener, the person right now who's stuck, who's in a relationship or marriage that isn't meeting their expectations, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would work powerfully in their life, Lord, um, to draw them closer to you, Lord, because we know as we walk hand in hand with you, uh, you will work all things out if we surrender to your will, Lord. And so, Lord, I just thank you for this time and space. 
um, to be able to share openly and honestly, Lord. Thank you for our story. Thank you for our mess that you've turned into your message, Lord. Lord, I pray you'd be with every listener that hears our words today. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it and would like to connect and learn more, join our community on Facebook at Anchored In Always. I will put the group link in the show notes. You can also email me at katie at anchoredinalways.com. Lastly, I want to bring this message of hope and healing to as many hurting people as possible. So help me spread the love by sharing this podcast on your social media outlets. Another way you can do this is to take a quick minute and subscribe and leave me a review. Thank you for anchoring in with me today. God bless you as you weather your storms.